In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Welcome to the Man Card Podcast and our mission to build an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves in changing their world. Males are born. Men are made. We're going to separate the men from the boys. A man is as a man does. We want to help you to become the best version of you. Theodore Roosevelt spoke about this rare breed saying, the credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood. That's awesome. The man card belongs to those protecting integrity, fighting apathy, pursuing God passionately, leading courageously, and finishing strong. A man is as a man does. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army, we we salute salute you. you. Guys, we honor you today for getting it done and grinding it out in the stress bubble of life. Males retreat into the anonymous bleachers, but you've jumped into the fray of manhood. And for that, we thank you. And we also thank you for listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. Guys, I'm just really excited for you and what you get to get out of this podcast. This is one of our best free resources we offer that calls you in, that calls you out, and that calls you up to the highest potential and your best version. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm here with my good buddy. The backbone of the podcast, our producer, my friend, Dale Culver. How you, what's going on today, Dale? Dude, did you work out today? You're really talking fast. You're like fully, oh, your heart's murmuring again. Yeah, baby. You know it. There. You know it. You know it. <laughs> I'm good. You're I'm good. excited. Nice shirt. Like that shirt. Yeah, it blue, makes my blue eyes Blue makes pop. your eyes pop. I was mm-hmm. going to say that. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't pitch for compliments, you know, because I was going to give you one, but now I, I take it back. because well, I wasn't pitching. I was just telling you're ugly, you. You're ugly. I you're ugly. in the mirror and went, wow. I don't know, man. Yep. I, are, after it broke or before it broke? What the mirror? The mirror? No, the mirror's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. You got a man? Okay. We got a man word. I do. Okay. I'm gonna think about this here. Give me a hint. I've got two words I'm playing with. This one should be a slam dunk. Rescue. Oh, is that first, it? First time yeah! ever. Yeah. No, it's the third time. I got coached with Joe Smith, and I got another one. I don't remember that. Rescue. Okay. Yeah. Talk me through this man word. Rescue. Well, for those who don't know who our guest is, yeah, this is a this is a tough one for for men. When you see an injustice, uh, you you kind of need to jump off the bank and go over mm-hmm. into the mud and grab the one that needs rescued and pull them out. And uh, that might be uh, at the expense of your own life, but those who are weaker 
and can't fight for themselves, we need to be taking care of them. Well, I, I, that reminds me of, uh, we were on the East Coast last weekend. We're going to be heading back over for men's conferences next weekend. And the Coast Guard motto, their kind of their unspoken motto is, or their kind of unofficial motto is, you have to go out, but you don't have to come back. And that's what men are about. Men have a cause. Men have a purpose. And that purpose is to protect and if need be, rescue those who do not have a protector because we live in a world of males and the majority of people are not, males are not protectors. And so those of us who have the high calling, as our friend Mike Yarbrough would say, to be a man, those guys have this commission to rescue those, whether that's rescuing that kid on the soccer team who doesn't have a dad and you're going to step in there, whether that is you know going to a uh, underdeveloped country and rescuing those entrapped in sex slavery, whether it's you know working in the children's department of your church, we are called to rescue. So that's a good word, man. Hey, I'm uh-huh. good job, Dale. You well, hit thank the, you hit, very much. You hit that no brainer out of the park today. Anyway, uh, hey, I'm really excited today, but before we get in today, I want to share a couple things about what's going on with our organization. First of all, guys, if you have not done so yet, get on our Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum for men. It is the best resources out resource out there for guys who want to understand what a man is and does from a biblical perspective. We've just launched eight uh, arena pastors from all over the country that are involved in that group with guys, and if you have not done so, go do it. Also, if you add 100 guys, we will send you a shirt or one of our books. So if you go in there and add, it takes you five minutes to just hit 100 buttons on your phone, add those guys, and we will take care of you. That's how we're building this army, guys. We need your help. Also, Man Card Weekend, this is uh, our answer to how do we train and equip men all around the country. If you want to book a Man Card Weekend with us, we have eight spots available for 2019. So give us a call or reach out through a direct message, and we want to take care of you. And also, for those of you guys who are gnarly, hardcore death guys, we are doing a death ruck, and there's no purpose behind it. I just like to do stuff really, really hard and really, really stupid to see if I still have what it takes. So we're doing a 44-mile death ruck from McMinnville, Oregon, all the way to Beaver, Oregon. We are in the Beaver State, and that is June 30th to July 1st. There is no cost involved in that, it, but it may cost you your life. So if you are interested, you can go to – where can they go to sign up for that, Dale? Our website. Or you can also go on the Facebook page, and there's a link in there under events. And sign it up. And there's no yeah. cost to the event. We just want to know who's coming because we got to prep for transportation, and we've Start got to training. call the hospital here in town yeah. and, and let them know who's going to be coming in. I've been training 5.15 in the morning at the gym um, so I can drive the pace car. Yeah, well, two days in a row, buddy. Yeah. That's training. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Well, hey, uh, yeah, we need the pace car, that is for sure. So anyway, hey, man, I'm really excited about our guest today. We've got a guy in our studio, a.k.a. my office, and uh, we've got Scott Stoutenberg with us today. He is a true hero. He is the, a true hero, I think. Nobody ever really knows who that hero is. You know, we had we had Greg McEwen on last week, and he's New York Times, Wall Street bestseller. He's, you know, he's he's got a million readers on his blog every month. This guy's a famous guy who's just going for it and getting it done but the majority of guys out there that are heroes are these unsung guys that nobody knows about they're faceless they're nameless but they are heroes and so we've got one of those guys in with us today scott is a local guy uh, he's eight he's 54 years old he's been married to his wife denise for 33 years 
They have uh, they have a few kids. They have Ryan thirty two, Jacob thirty, Elena twenty five, and Bethany twenty three. He works as a landscaper for C and D Landscaping. He's done that for eighteen years. Uh, his mi- most um, important accomplishment or accolade in his life that he's the most proud of is this: being able to say, "I have saved a life." So that is huge. We're going to find out what that means later. His passion in life is to see human trafficking, especially the trafficking of children, end in his lifetime. And so, man, we're just really excited to... Do you want to say anything, Dale? Because I know that you have had interaction with the ministry he's involved with because your daughter has done some stuff, uh, some teamwork with these guys. Did he say it? So... (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, I did. My daughter had some teamwork experience with Scott. <laughs> they went to an unknown country and uh, got to work with some girls that they uh, were able to free from the sex trade. So really changed my daughter's life, and she wants to go live in Cambodia and be a counselor and just work with those girls now. So thank you, sir. Super excited. Scott, we're super excited to have you here, man. Hey, it's great to be here. So now you were saying that you you not only do you not get paid to do Destiny Rescue, but you are here today on your own dollar, and you took a day off from work to come in today. Is that true? Yes. You yeah. didn't, I bet you didn't think a second about it, did you? No, no. Like like most people that um, you know work for Destiny Rescue, um, I'm a volunteer. Um, all, of a, all of the people who aren't nationals, that work overseas in the countries that we rescue in, they are all volunteers. Our rescue agents are volunteers. Um, you know, they're just people with huge, huge hearts who who just said, you know, God is calling me to go to Thailand. And they go and they live, and, and they're doing incredible work, saving lives every single day. Wow. Well, we're excited that you're in here. We're going to loosen up the juices, loosen up the muscles a little bit because you are 54 we're going to throw you into what we call our rapid fire round. I'm ready. Let's do it. Are you ready? All right, here we go. What I've done for you is I've done, you're going to do the use a word in a sentence round. So what I'm going to do, Scott, is I'm going to give you five words. Okay. And I want you to use those words in a sentence. And you can use them, you can do more than a sentence, but generally speaking, and you got to do it as fast as you can. So I want you to, this is a go with your gut thing, all right? Okay. First word, you ready? And these are all words I picked for you. Public school education on display right here. All right, baby. Well, hey, you know it, you know it, you know it. Okay. Here we go. The first word is helpless. Children that we rescue are helpless. Okay. Love it. Second word, heroes. Everybody that risks their life or their time to save a child. I love it. That's great. Third word. This is like he's just crushing these. He's like hitting them out of the park. Here we go. Fenway Park. He's hitting them out of the, what is it called? The big, what is it called? The green wall? The green Green monster. The green monster. Mm. Yeah, we might go see. Okay, next word. Innocence. Innocence. Innocence is stolen every time a child is trafficked. (laughs) Which goes with my next word, trafficking. Where children or anybody is is sold against their will. Okay, I, I like that definition a lot. Um, I've had people say if a woman is on the streets as a prostitute that that is trafficking, and that's not always the case, or like a stripper or whatever. So to me, to me, that's not always the case. So it is sometimes, but not always. But what you're saying is against the will is the key phrase. Would, right. are, you, are, you, are we in agreement on that yes. or am I off? Okay. Yes. No, that, that is my Because I think when you definition. go really extreme and go, hey, if you're, you know, if you're, because you can go extreme and say, okay, if you're doing this, then you're, 
you're trafficked, well, then you can say, well, if you're having sex before your marriage, you're trafficked. I mean, you can go to extreme, but against your will, it's the powerful dominating and enslaving the powerless. It's those being preyed upon. Oh, that's good. Those being preyed. See, that, that really fires me up. That really fires me up. Okay, last word, rescue. Rescue is... Boy, this is, you would think this would be the easiest one, but this one just tripped me up. Rescue is when we take an opportunity or we see an opportunity where a child or an adult is being trafficked and we go in and we rescue them. Yeah, because you just said they're helpless. They're helpless. A helpless individual does not need therapy. They don't need uh, a counselor. They need rescuing before all of those things. Yes. So until you rescue them, you cannot help them. It doesn't make much sense for our undercover guys to go into a brothel and talk to a child about um, trauma while they're still being traumatized. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to get into the interview questions here, but before we do, Scott, I I just want you to share with us uh, your story, your journey uh, in life and how you got involved in Destiny Rescue. Kind of walk us through that. How long have you been involved with Destiny Rescue? Since the fall of 2014. Okay, so fairly recent. Yes. I mean, four years. So right. uh, why don't you walk us through your personal story and, and why why this organization and how your heart shifted to, to this evil and overcoming it. Okay, but, um, you know, <clears throat> to start with, four years ago, if you had asked me about human trafficking, child trafficking, I would have been like most people and had no idea. Hmm. No idea that it is a $150 billion a year industry. It is the fastest growing criminal enterprise in the world, and it's the largest. $99 billion a year is is made through sexual exploitation or by, or by sexual trafficking. So my story really started off in, in a selfish way. I was a youth pastor at um, a, a new church start in Dayton. And I thought, well, what a great way to start a youth group and to grow a youth group than having a a trip. So we decided that we were going to take an overseas mission trip. And I had never taken an overseas mission trip before. As a matter of fact, the farthest I'd ever flown was from Portland to Seattle. (laughs) So um, and that was the year that all those planes were flying out of the sky or falling out of the sky. So we wound up going to Thailand because I've got a good friend who is a missionary in Thailand. And we had not been in Thailand for more than three hours when I felt God tell me that Thailand and Southeast Asia was going to play a huge role in the rest of my life. Mm. And I thought that is just the weirdest thing because I had just resigned as a youth pastor not long before the trip. And, you know, I had had an amazing trip, fell in love with with Southeast Asia, the people, the culture, um, everything but the heat and humidity. (laughs) <laughs> and came back, and it seemed like every time I got on Facebook, there was um, something about Destiny Rescue. I had never heard of Destiny Rescue before. I had no idea who they were or what they did. So I reached out to somebody and just asked them a simple question. What is Destiny Rescue, and why do you keep posting about it? And the response was they are a group that goes out undercover, and they rescue children from sex trafficking. And that really struck a chord with me because— I I just I fell in love with the kids in Thailand. They were so fun and they just loved to be around you. And he told me that they they worked in Thailand and that 
you know, that really, really just broke my heart Mm -hmm. because I thought, you know, so many of those kids, they're so, they're craving affection from adults. Mm -hmm. And it would be so easy just to grab one and say, hey, you know, have you ever been to Bangkok? You want to take a ride? And then they would be gone. So I reached out to Destiny Rescue and said, hey, can I, is there anything you need me to do out here? Can I send some emails? Long story short, um, had an interview and they said, would you like to be an advocate for us in Oregon? I said, absolutely. What's an advocate? <laughs> so after, after a brief explanation, um, you know, we had our first event about two months later and we raised enough that night to rescue a child and I was hooked after that. Well, I went on the website because I, I understood generally what happens, but this is right off the website, so I want to read this to you. Okay. Destiny Rescue is an internationally recognized Christian nonprofit organization dedicated to the rescuing to rescuing children trapped in the sex trade. The vision is to rescue the sexually exploited and enslaved, restored the abused, protect the vulnerable, empower the poor, and be a voice to those who can't speak up for themselves. I love that. Uh, Destiny Rescue, Rescue currently operates in various programs in Thailand, Cambodia, the Dominican Republic, Philippines, and India. They also have offices uh, in their three donor nations, United States, Australia, and New Zealand. Since 2011, they've rescued, and I, I understand the numbers now, about 2,700 2766. 2766. Okay, I I appreciate that because every single life matters, right? Uh, Enslaved around the world, they've helped keep hundreds more from entering the sex trade through various prevention programs, which we'll talk about, and ensure justice for those who have been wronged and raised awareness to untold numbers. And will con- and they'll continue to expand and reach even more children. So it's a fairly young organization, right? How old are they? We started rescuing in 2011. So that's a young organization. Right. Wow. Uh, so Destiny Rescue, I love this, realizes that human trafficking is a global problem, and they are determined to respond to God's call to set captives free worldwide. Until no more children are sold, forced, or coerced into sex trade, Destiny Rescue is fully committed to fighting for their freedom, their restoration, and their futures. I mean, that is just awesome. Why, why do you think... Are most of these uh, res, uh, organizations out there from your perspective, somehow based in uh, uh, fundamentally based Christian organizations, or do you see a big mix out there? There, There is a mix, but, um, you know, I think for us anyway, we have an 80% success rate. Wow. And wow. that means that 80% of the kids that we rescue and go through our program and are reintegrated back into society never again go back to that trade that we rescued them from. And our founder, Tony Kerwin, will will absolutely tell you that is a God thing because every single child that goes through our program has an opportunity to come to know Jesus. And, you know, we can, we can rescue them from a brothel, but ultimately the ultimate rescue comes when when they accept Christ as their Savior. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so you're saying that, are, is there a system set up within Destiny Rescue to protect and prevent these young, I'm, I'm thinking girls, but I know there are boys as well. Right. Because in America, one out of seven boys is sexually abused and one out of four or one out of three girls. So I understand this is a, this is not a gender-specific issue. 
But what what does Destiny Rescue do to protect those from once they've rescued them? Is there a system in place? Well, once a girl has been rescued, um, are you talking about how they go through the restoration process? Well, okay, so when I went online and researched this organization, Mm -hmm. I saw four things that really were prominent in the mission, right? right? And in the system, because the problem with a lot of people and a lot of groups is we say, oh, I want to do this great thing. But if you have no system, you've just got a great dream. And so Destiny Rescue has a system, which I thought was really good, fourfold system, rescue, restore, protect, and empower. Let's do this. Let's go back and let's just tackle these one at a time. Is that all right? Sure. And so um, is there anything else you want to tell me? So yeah, I want to, I have questions about rescue. Let's start on rescue. Okay. So my question is, how do how do you rescue? How do you identify uh, who and where and when? What is the process? Because that that component to me says danger. Will Robertson? <laughs> yeah. Know? Oh yeah. There has to be a danger involved. There. Uh, so give me a uh, talk to me about that. Do you ever have a situation where you were in danger? Walk me through this rescue component. Okay. Well, we basically we have um, we've got rescue agents. And these are guys that go out. And one thing that I, I want to make very clear is at no time do any of our rescue agents ever go out alone. They always go out in at least a group of two or three. And, you know, they're never alone with the child. Um, so, you know, we, we're very adamant about that. And so these rescue agents, they will go out posing as customers, and they go into a brothel, a bar, a restaurant, karaoke bars karaoke is very is huge in southeast asia um you haven't lived till you've heard um achy breaky heart in cambodian oh i've heard dale sing it he's just outstanding yeah (laughs) yeah have him sing it in cambodian it'll change your life but what happens is they go out and and when we first started rescuing the first six months that we were in existence we didn't rescue anybody because there, there was no book on how you, how you rescue a child yeah, yeah. that's being trafficked. So the thing that we found out was when we walked into a brothel, we had to build a relationship with the child because in that kid's mind, good people don't go to brothels. So when we met a girl for the first time and we said, hey, we're with this group, um, we're really good guys, you can trust us. That's how they, they had, got there. They had absolutely no reason to trust us. So our, our founder, Tony Kerwin, says we're just good guys in a bad place. So we go in and we build a relationship with the girl. And then we will go back maybe the next night and the night after that, however long it takes. And, um, and so when we're sitting with that girl, while we're sitting with her, we are not just building a relationship, but we're protecting her from anybody else coming in and and paying for her while we're there. Okay, I have a question. First of all, you said good guys in a bad place, but this is not a guy-only organization. Women are a part of this, right? Like, do you have women secret agents, rescue agents? We actually just, just hired our very first one. Okay. Now, here's my other question. When you say you, you, you said this and you just, because it's so close to your heart, but I don't know what you're talking about. You said we go in and, and we get to know the girls. Okay. Let's, let's let's talk about this. Okay. Are you? Let's say you're that guy. Let's say you're a secret a, a, a rescue agent. Are so you're paying their trafficker. You're paying their trafficker to have sex with them. Yet you're not. You're going in and sitting with them, 
and just building relationship and saying, listen, I'm here, I've paid, but I'm not here to hurt you. And are you going in with another man? Are there two of you going, hey, we want to do a two-for-one deal? I'm trying to understand what this looks like, what you're saying. Right. Okay. So I'll, talk, talk. what does that mean? Talk me I'll, through it. I'll, I'll walk you through um, when I went out, out undercover last September. Okay. So there was three of us, and we were on our way to a, a bar, and we were going to check on a 15-year-old and a 17-year-old that our one of our rescue agents had made contact with and had started to build a relationship with. And the heartbreaking thing about these two is is they were being trafficked by their grandmother. Oh, so this isn't like an, organi- like an organized crime thing necessarily. It can be a family thing. Yes, it can be, yes. Okay, so you're, now I'm going back to this. Your okay. rescue agent had built a relationship with these girls. Yes. I want to understand what that looked like. Okay. He paid money to have sex with them. Right, yeah. But didn't. Right. No, he didn't pay money. Okay, I'll get there. Does that make sense? Yes. I'm trying to wrap my brain around this. Oh, no, absolutely. So we walk in, and, and we sit down, and as soon as we sit down, um, we've got girls just flocking to the table. And so there was three of us, and so three girls sat down. One sat down beside me, one sat down with my buddy, and one sat down with our rescue agent. And the one that sat down beside the rescue agent was the 17-year-old that he had been in building a relationship with. So this was a karaoke bar. And so what we did was, you know, they come and they, 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 they basically try to get you to drink as much as possible. So they'll they'll come and just start pouring beer. I don't drink beer or any kind of alcohol. So, but um, so we sat and we talked. And when you leave, you give them a tip. So we're not actually paying the mama son to to go have sex with them, but we're we're paying for their time. And so the girl in the form of a tip. Yes. So so mama son, grandma, evil one, she is told she's told these two sisters. Hey, you better go get some, make some money. Yes. So, so these girls, out of uh, fear, are compelled to go sit on your lap or sit next to you and build a relationship. Is the mama son is not necessarily their grandma. Their grandma could say, "I need money. I'm going to sell you to this brothel, and you're going to go work for them." So, in this case, so the mama son or the whatever you want to call her, she was not the grandmother. But the no. grandmother was the go-between. No, the grandmother was the bar owner, and oh, she was gosh. the mama son. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So in so this she, case, okay, but, family. But I understand. Yeah. Wow. But okay. There, I'm, there, I'm tracking. Okay. There are times when, um, when we will when we will pay the mama son what's called a bar fine, and that allows us to take that girl off the premises. So they think that we're taking them off the premises to to abuse them. When in reality, what we're doing is we're taking them somewhere so that we can sit down and we can talk to them and tell them who we are and how we work. And we show them pictures of girls that we've rescued, show them pictures of our rescue homes, and we give them an opportunity to make a decision. So is there a danger there? This is a dumb question because I already know the answer. Is there a danger in your mind of that, that young abused girl going back to the mama son saying, hey, these guys paid, but they didn't want me for sex. They wanted this instead. Is there ever a, 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 a fear of betrayal from these girls you're trying to help? Oh, sure. Sure. Okay. And and I'm, I'm sure that's happened. I mean, our, our, our rescue agents have been shot at 
Um, they've had knives pulled, guns pulled, death threats. I mean, every time that they go out undercover, they're putting their life on the line. And, I mean, it is a huge, huge industry. You're talking about billions of dollars. So whenever there is any kind of, of money, especially money like that, there's always a risk of somebody doing whatever it takes to protect their investment. $150 billion a year industry. So a lot of our men listen to this podcast. We target a certain man. He's 24 to 44, 54. He's living in the bubble of life, stressed out, you know, working hard. But a lot of our guys, I'll be honest, a lot of our guys are justice guys. Uh, they're guys that want to go in there and kick butt and take names. A lot of our guys are, are gun guy type of thing. You know, they're sure. guys that are, you know, big fans of Second Amendment. Anyway, my question is, what if... Those guys listening right now, and I guarantee you there's hundreds of them, want to become a, a rescue agent. I keep wanting to say secret agent, man. You know, well, But they want they, to become a rescue secret. agent. This is a, also a volunteered position. Yes. And then what's the training involved with a guy becoming a rescue agent? Well, first, I can see Dale doing this. I mean, Dale has got a heart for, for this kind of thing, and, and he, you know, he, I can see it. So let's say Dale wants to become a rescue agent. What's okay. the step? What are the steps? Well, first of all, I can see Dale doing it. I mean, he did work out two days in a row. Dude, look at look so, at that peck. So he's Man, getting his buff. pecs are looking good. Okay, um, thank you. Stop first of all, we, we don't we don't hire rescue it. You have to be a known commodity, for lack of a better term, for to Destiny Rescue. Um, you know, they there's no application. You can't just call them up and say, "Hi, my name's Scott. I'd like to become a rescue agent." They have to know you, because um, I mean, if we all it takes is for one misstep, and you know an organization can come down. So they really, really have to know you. So you have to come at the ground level as a volunteer and kind yes. of like you worked your way up through the organization and the trust. Yes. So just like you're trying to build the trust of these young abused girls, the organization is saying, hey, listen, we are going to vet you and we're going to have a trust relationship. So you don't just aspire to this position exactly. and just get there. Okay, that's exactly. wisdom. That's and, wisdom. And even even for a team trip, um, you ha there's about a 10-page application process you have to go through. You have to go through a 50-state FBI background check. Um, they're very, very animate about knowing who, who they're taking to visit the girls that we rescue. Um, so, yeah, that's, I mean, we, we definitely, definitely check things out. But there is a new team trip for you guys listening, and you, you might be thinking, I would love to see this firsthand. Mm -hmm. There's a new trip that they are, are starting um, made specifically for guys. And you fly to Thailand and you, you work, you get trained for five days with our rescue agents. They teach you hand-to-hand -hand combat, um, undercover techniques, um, all kinds of things. And then for the next five days, you are out in a major city in Southeast Asia going out every night undercover with our rescue agents. And what do these trips cost for these guys that are going? The tr this trip is about $5,000. A okay. team trip is 3500 Okay, that's really good for us to know. So, hey, Scott, this is this is awesome stuff, and we're not even done with the word rescue, but we're at our halfway mark. We want to hear a word from our sponsors. The Man Card Podcast is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's building an army of men who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. The war to change your world is epic. Every battle counts and every man in the arena matters. So get in the game by joining our closed Facebook forum for men called The Men in the Arena. There, you'll lock arms with men from all around the world who are stepping up as their best version. What is a man? 
What does he do? How does he live? When does he know when he's crossed over from male to man? The lines defining manhood have become blurred, and guys today are more confused than ever. That's why I wrote the man card, five characteristics separating men from boys. Guys, you're going to love this book. Go to the Great Unforgot app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. No book written defines manhood in such a way as this. I'll put the man card next to any book ever written on the topic. Yes, I believe it's that good. In the man card, I expose several myths of manhood and draw a line in the sand between men and males. This book will change your life. Guys, thank you so much for jumping into the arena with us today and championing the greatest battle of our time. Become your best version. Join the fight to change your world because when you get it, everyone wins. All right, hey, we're back. So, okay, so you're you've gone into these these uh this karaoke bar or this place. You're you're building trust with with these young uh, gals. So, what 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 is the next step in this rescue process? At what point do you realize it is time to figuratively pull the trigger? Well. Every situation is different. Um, our, our founder and our rescue guys are, are, have become good enough now that they can, they can start to read people. There are times, and, and they really follow the Holy Spirit's um, leading. There are times where, and they will still ask a girl on the first visit, and, and they've been successful that way. It all, de- it all depends on the girl, on the relationship, and when they feel like the best time to offer them an opportunity is it every it, and and I wish I had a timetable for you, but literally every single girl is different. Yeah. So every single situation is different. So when you determine that the time is right to rescue this one girl, and there's been two thousand seven hundred sixty-six of these opportunities. Yes. Do you go in with a sting operation, or does this guy go in, this one guy, and pay the money uh, to abuse this young girl and then just take her? How, how does it generally play out? Well, what generally happens is we go in and, and we tell them, listen, this is who we are. Um, we can get you out of here. And you have to understand, it, it's it's much easier if you understand the setting. In, in Southeast Asia, especially in the karaoke bars, I mean, it's loud. And I mean really loud and you know you've got a television over here and a television over there and you've got drunk guys walking around with microphones singing horribly by the way and so it's easy to have a conversation with a kid and um, sometimes it's as simple as getting up and walking out the front door wow and you know that's that's where the bravery of each kid comes into play because you know, every kid that we rescue, they have to say yes. We can't just walk in and say, you're underage, you're coming with us. Um, so with with each child, it is the, the evil they know compared to the evil that they don't know. And, you know, they, they want to believe us. They're, they're, they're literally betting their life that the guy that tells them that, that they're special and that they have purpose is, is really a good guy. I can I can only imagine the tremendous courage it would take for a twelve year old girl, or you said even up to a four year old boy, or a six year old girl to actually walk out that door when the their grandmother is somebody who's supposed to protect them and their family 
is of the, 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 these girls must recognize how brutally they're being violated. Am I right? I mean, oh, absolutely. They, I mean, wh- how often are these girls potentially being violated on a daily basis? I know that's a huge range, but right. But you know, people think, oh, it's once a week. Some I've heard it's like twelve times a day at well, some points. We we rescued a four year old and and an eight year old in a brothel, and in this country, um, there are are there are some of the the girls that were the older girls that were being trafficked in there, and they told our rescue agent that the brothel owner wanted them to be with up to twenty customers a day. And, and to put that in numbers that people can really relate to, if, if a girl or a, or a boy is with five customers a day in the course of a year, they will be with 1,825 different customers. The life expectancy of a child in a brothel is four to seven years. The human oh. body is just not built to, to take that kind of punishment. And wh- when you throw in you know, what's being done to them physically. And then a lot of the, a lot of the mama sons will hook the girls on drugs to make them, you know, more compliant. And oftentimes the only time they get an opportunity to have a meal is when, um, a customer pays for their food. So you take malnutrition, drug abuse, and the abuse that their body is is going through every single day. And so that's one of the things that we do after we rescue them is we make sure that um, we get them medical care. I just think it's ironic that men, I'm, a, I'm, a men, I'm assuming mostly men, are paying money for pleasure, right? right? But they're administering life-altering, life-threatening, life-ending punishment. There's a sickness there that that just really really angers me what's the why behind this are the is this i mean are these guys attracted to young girls are they are they is it this hubris where they want to lord it over the helpless what is drawing guys to this sick and demented uh way of and i've heard that american men are flying over to these countries and they're as vicious and brutal uh, as the as everybody else well, I, I can tell you walking through some of the red light districts in Bangkok. Uh, Bangkok is a huge city, and, you know, we're, we're walking through. And you see, it's an international city. You see a lot of Westerners there. But when we were walking through the red light districts, it was absolutely amazing how many white faces you saw. So there were, there were people who were traveling there specifically to have sex with children. And I know it's illegal in the United States, and Australia, bless them, just passed a law where um, convicted pedophiles can no longer leave their country. So Good. they, yeah, it's it's a it's a hop, skip, and a jump from Australia to Thailand. So yeah, that's 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 huge. That's amazing. But I I don't understand it. I I, I tried uh, to, but my brain is is no, not that way. I don't no. I don't understand how sick. A, human being could be to do that to another human being yeah there's there's just something that is not right in that individual and but you know the the thirst for for sex with children right now is growing it's not Mm. decreasing and Mm. and that may be we just maybe know more about it now because the world is so much smaller 
and you know we have access to true, the internet true. and um, you know this may have been going on for thousands of years. Well, we know it has been. Right. We we see it in scripture. We see it all over the right. place. Right. We just know the so, scale now. Yeah, so here's my so um what per, so what percentage of the violators is men? I mean, cuz we're all about fixing the men. So if you f- fix the men, what percentage of these violators are men versus women? Or is it 100%? You know, it's not 100%, but I would say I would say it's got to be in the high 90s. I don't have a a, I a super accurate number, but I would say it's got to be in the 97, 98, 99%. Yeah. Um when we were walking through the red light districts, the only girls that I saw were people that were with us on our team trip um, walking through getting information and um, girls that were working. Mm. So here's a question for you, um, Scott. So I, I, I think, and, I, and, and with our organization, we really believe like pornography is a gateway drug Absolutely. into this world. And so if guys want, they can go to our free app, The Great Hunt for God. And on that app, we have a, a icon to our links, the links of the Great Hunt for God world, and in there is a Covenant Eyes, and we have we have a partnership with Covenant Eyes, and men can go, and there's a fee. Is it a fifteen dollar a month fee, Dale? I can't remember exactly what Small it is. Small fee that is worth your life, and Dale has it on his phone. I have it on my phone. All the guys I know have it on our phone. Our board members have it, and people say, "Well, are you addicted to porn?" Well, no, but I know what I'm capable of. Right, and so we tell these guys, you get on that, and you make your wife your accountability partner, not your buddy, but make your buddy as well. Make your wife, your grandma, your kids. I mean, you do something there, dude, that'll fix you because this porn thing is epidemic. When I was growing up, my uh, neighbor across the street, his dad had a porn stash, you know, hustler, playboy, light, you know, right, and it was across the street, and there's a stack. We'd go over there. Well, nowadays I've got a porn stash too, so I have a porn stash. It's on my computer and my phone, right. And so it's right there. And so we have to guard our men against this stuff that is so readily available. Do you see porn? I may be off here. I don't, I'm guessing. Again, I don't know the why behind this perversion, but is porn a gateway drug for these guys, do you think? I, I ab- absolutely believe that porn is a gateway drug. But also the thing that, that people don't understand about porn, and I read this in a book um, a couple of years ago, apparently when you go on a porn site, there are counters. You know, I'm not a real techie guy, but, you know, they count how many people visit that site and their advertisers are paid, pay them according to how many, how many people go on there. So it, it is a gateway drug, but it's also a way for human traffickers to launder money Whoa. Uh, with, with really? porn sites, um, porn shops, you know, anywhere where they can, they can use cash. Um, they can also use that as an opportunity to launder money. Just gets and the, better and, the, and better, doesn't it? And the thing that, that people don't understand about porn is they see what is in front of the camera. They don't see what's behind the camera. You know, is that girl that is performing there, is she is she there because she wants to be there? Or is there a guy, and I know this happens, or is there a guy standing on the other side with two other guys with guns saying, we own you. This is what you're going to do, or we will kill you and find somebody else. Well, we had Dave Mendenhall on this show 
talking about this issue and and he he shared some stuff that I don't think any of us realized which was the drugs involved the alcoholism alcoholism involved that even in that porn world it's fantasy that's not even reality you're looking at something that you think is true but it's not reality you know anyway it was just really interesting to us to to learn this so let's move on so now you have uh, rescued this young lady let's say a or a young boy you've rescued him or her and you have taken them to the states or you've taken them to a facility in that country and so now we're going to move to the next level which is the word restore mm-hmm. okay so now you've got a a young girl or young boy who's been tremendously damaged um the post traumatic stress uh, these are broken young boys and girls. What do you do to restore? What's the next step? This is critical, right? Okay, so so after a child is rescued, we will take them to one of three places. And by the way, we have to get the child's permission, the government's permission, and her parents' permission Whoa. to rescue her. Hmm. So what happens is um, a, a girl will get rescued or a boy, and they will come in to, we'll take them to one of our rescue homes. And for the first couple of weeks... What, we're, what we really do is we assess their medical condition. Um, we let them know that they're safe. When a girl shows up, if she shows up at, at 3 o'clock in the morning, there's a house sister there with a welcome pack. And, and she will sit with her, um, you know, sit on the edge of her bed and just sit with her all night so that she knows she's safe. Mm. And, I mean... For some of these kids, that's the first time they've been able to lay down to go to sleep and not to work. So, you know, we want them to know that, that first of all, that they're safe, that they're in a place where people will love them. And then our, our social worker will go out and they will sit down with their family and try to figure out how this happened and how we can make sure that something like this doesn't happen again. And... By the way, each girl that is in our care, she receives $100 a month, and she's able to send that home to her family so her family can, because oftentimes what happens is dad gets in a motorcycle wreck, breaks his leg, he can't work. Mm -hmm. So there's no welfare system in the hills in Southeast Asia. You know, if if you can't work, somebody in your family is going to die. So this $100 a month is a godsend to the family. Mm-hmm. And so we work with the family, we work with the child, and then each kid is assigned a life skills coach, a Christian counselor, and a case manager. And so we've got, we've got an approach that works, you know, big picture, but every case is just a little bit different depending on the amount of trauma that each child has gone through. And we've got an incredible aftercare program. And so our, our counselors will design an aftercare program and we don't back away from the trauma that girls go through. You know, we, we walk them through that and tell them and show them how they can use that trauma as a launching point for the rest of their life. And like I said, we've got an 80% success rate and after a girl, and I'm maybe jumping ahead just a little bit, after a girl is is reintegrated, her case manager will walk with her for an additional two years. So, so, and and I mean, even longer than that. If 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 there's a girl that's been out for three or four years and she calls up and said, "Hey, you know, I've got this situation. What can you help me?" Um, you know, we don't turn our back on on kids. So, um, this is so impressive to me. Do you know how many uh, volunteers within the organization worldwide? Do you know that number? It's got to be in the thousands. I, I don't. So uh, 
now the aftercare is is the aftercare done by Americans who have moved over or is the aftercare done by cuz you're saying counselors mm-hmm. or is the aftercare their care done by nationals within the country who have a heart for this or is it a blend because it's a, you, it's a blend okay okay and one great thing that we do is we really want to empower people in their own country because you know you get somebody to volunteer for for when somebody goes overseas as a volunteer, we try to get them to stay for at least two years. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, people can only live off GoFundMe for so long. <laughs> so yeah. so they've got to rotate back to the States or Australia, wherever they come from. And um, so people are seeing new faces quite a bit. So we, we really try to empower the nationals to take a leading role. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways we've done that is our counselors will, will, will train the house parents mm, in, mm. in our counseling approach. And so our house parents can take over that role. And it's it's worked really, really good. The average length of stay for a for a kid in one of our homes is is ten point eight months. Wow, that's a long time. Yes. Yes. And how um, many in each home? Well it varies. The very first home that we visited there were fifty one kids in it. Oh wow. Yeah. It was huge. But um they had this amazing picture, a painting on the wall. It's called their tree of life. And it was like a huge maple tree. And on the end of each leaf, there was a picture. And that picture was a picture of every kid that has gone through that home. Those kids were so much, we had a great time. I've seen that picture. Yes. um, Every single one of us on that trip, and there were seven of us on that trip at one point or another, stood in front of that picture and cried. Wow. Wow. Well, so so you've rescued a, a young child. You have uh, gotten them into this home where they are going through a restoration process, sometimes up to 10, 11 months. So now the next word in your organization in this systematic approach is protect. Mm-hmm. So now you need to protect them from going back. And 80% of these gals you have successfully protected, which is huge. Right. What What do you do to protect? I hope I'm not misstepping or walking ahead of here. No, no, I'm just, no, no. I want our people to hear the process and all of the effort and the army of volunteers that you need. How many? So, what's the process of protection once these gals uh, get to a point where you're like this girl? And I noticed, and I don't know if this might be the right place or not, but I noticed that there's a store that you guys sell stuff that the girls make. Am I right in thinking that? Uh, we've got we've got jewelry. Yes I, yes, I wrote down jewelry, jewelry store. So is this part of the protection or is this part of the empowerment? Or is it part of the restoration? Or is it all of the above? All of the above. Okay, so now I'm I'm so how do what how do I get protected? How do I how do these young girls get protection in the organization? Well, one of the ways that we protect them is is we give them an opportunity to dream again. Mm. Um, you know, you take a girl and we got to walk through um, a, a traditional village in Southeast Asia. And, I mean, you're talking huts and water buffalo, which, by the way, they use as guard dogs. What? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Not hamburgers? That'd do it for no. me. I'll stay away. No, yeah. Those, well, I've those, heard they're mean. Those water buffalo know who's, who belongs there and who doesn't. Huh. Really? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I The whole time we're walking by this water buffalo, I'm thinking, okay, if that thing charges... Which one of these guys am I going to push down? Because I'm running. 
But just got to outround one. Just outrun a baby. Uh, exactly. But um, you take a girl from a from a village, and I mean, they're literally three miles from or three hours from nowhere, and she gets thrust into the city, and she gets tricked, and that's how a lot of them wind up where they're at. So one of the ways that we protect them is we give them an opportunity to go back to school. Um, they learn English while they're while they're with us, which is huge. If if a girl can become fluent in English, um, she can just about write her own ticket in Southeast Asia. Um, but we also train them in you know in in skills like job skills. Like we had um, we had two girls that were 14 and they went through an eight week business class during this business class. They had to, at the end of it, they had to write up um, a business that they wanted to, to run and a way, a business proposal. So they learned how to do all that. And so at the end of the eight weeks, what they wanted to do was they wanted to run a food cart. Now this is two 14 year old girls and there are food carts everywhere in Southeast Asia. So that's not a big, big surprise. But what was a surprise was what they wanted to serve. They wanted to serve crepes. Now, if you you think crepes, you know you don't think Southeast Asia. Um, you know, IHOP. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you think IHOP. <laughs> but um, so they decided they wanted to serve crepes. So our guys built them this food cart and then made them enough batter the first night out to sell 40 crepes. Whoa. Thinking that they would come back with enough batter for 39 crepes. The girls sold out in like 20 minutes. And then that just kept building and building and building. And so at the end of it, they asked them, is this something you guys want to want to continue with? And they were like, absolutely, because they're making money. They're having fun. Um, but because they're 14 year old girls, they got bored with it later and, and stopped. But Uh-oh. the great thing about it is not that they were able to sell crepes, but they now know that they can stand on their own two feet and they can start and run a successful business. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's huge. Yeah. Um, because everybody, you know, we all have some basic human needs. And one of those basic human needs is food. And no matter what country you live in, you have to trade money for food. So um, yeah. they are able to, um, you know, they're they're now able to say, even as they're, they're probably 16 now, even as a 16-year-old, I can start a business and be successful. Mm-hmm. Another way that we protect is we have a um, one of our homes is a prevention home. And all the girls that live in this home um, have never been trafficked. And, um, you know, they're, they're getting their education. They're living with us. Um, we're paying for their schooling, their, their uniforms. Um, and they're getting really amazing education. And they are people who, who they're girls who are maybe younger siblings of girls that we've rescued. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Destiny Rescue really does a holistic approach. You know, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. do us it wouldn't do us any good to rescue a child and say, hey, you know, we're going to give you some food. We're going to give you a place to sleep for a week. Have a good life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our our goal is not just to rescue and restore one kid. We want to rescue and restore every kid and and work with families. We have a training farm in Cambodia where families can come and they can live and they can 
they can get training or farming techniques. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, we give them a small micro loan where they can actually go back to their village and they can they can start their own business and stand on their own two feet. And and guys can really relate to this. You know, men, we are we're the providers. We want to provide mm-hmm. for our families. Mm-hmm. So that gives a, a man in Southeast Asia an opportunity to stand tall and say, I can provide for my family. Yeah. Wow. Now, is there a percentage of these uh, young boys and girls that you relocate into the States or they stay in country, period? Yep. They stay in country. <clears throat> okay. Um, yeah. We, like I said, we work hand in hand with the governments of the countries that we work in. And so, you know, our, we're not a, we're not an adoption agency. Um, you know, we, when we rescue a girl in, in say Thailand or the Dominican Republic, um, that girl, they want that girl to stay in the Dominican Republic. So when you hear of sex trafficking, usually you hear of Thailand, not far behind, Mm -hmm. but you're saying that the government actually opposes sex trafficking. I mean, they're in opposition. Are they doing anything to prevent this? Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, we work really closely with, with every country that, that we rescue in. Um, you know, we are invited in by them. We're the first, we're the first rescue agency to work in the Dominican Republic. Um, you know, no, and as a government official, I mean, would we in the United States, would we, would we really want us to be known as Hmm. the place in the world where pedophiles come to prey on our children? Right. Um, you know, we work with with government officials. We also work hand in hand with with um, with police and trafficking units. There is a guys, you will love this on our Facebook page. There are five videos. They're called Operation Goldilocks, mm. and they are our guys going out undercover and they show actual undercover footage in the Philippines. And but they also show um the end, they show the raid where they're working with with um, trafficking police in the Philippines. Yeah, we I mean, we work with with SWAT teams, um, trafficking police, you know, guys that hate what's happening to children mm-hmm. as much as we do. Mm. There are really good men all over the world. Yes, that is true. That is true. It's just scumbags that we need to... When you said they were going to start a food stand, I was going to say, oh, is it the cojones of the guys you eradicated? <laughs> anyway, I, that's what I was yeah. hoping you'd say. Fried yeah. Rocky uh, Mountain oysters. Yeah. Hey, uh, so so here's my question. Here's my question. You know, it's funny. When we started this, Dale's like, a lot of tears. And I go, honestly, I could just get angry. My tears are... I get tears for something. But I get angry. I'm angry. This angers me. Sure. I mean, I'm really angry. I get I'm that. angered by this. Yeah. And so, um, and I know there are guys listening who are angered by this. And, and I would say to they those guys, first of all, you should be. Mm-hmm. But if your anger remains, maybe you should become a volunteer for Destiny Rescue. Because maybe, guys, that is your wrecking point. Maybe that is your Popeye moment. I met with a guy recently. And a guy made some good money in a job. But his life was a disaster. A disaster. And I said, let me tell you the secret to life, guy. The secret to life is not you getting stuff and money and investing in selfishness. If you want to understand the true secret to fulfillment and joy in this life, go serve and give your life to a higher cause than you. Guys are made for mission. Guys are made for purpose. Even our friendships, 
revolve around mission and purpose. It's not so funny for guys. I'm, he's my hunting buddy. He's my biking buddy. He's my lifting buddy. We revolve around mission and purpose. We're made for purpose. We're made to be protectors and providers. Because of this, when a man gets wrapped up in a selfish lifestyle, which really, I mean, honestly, is far and away the majority of men in this world. When he gets wrapped into that, he loses this drive and this fire for life. I mean, the look in your eyes right now. You would say, this is probably, I would, I would imagine the last four years you've had this eye of the tiger more than ever in your life because you've been able to rally behind a life purpose. And so, so I'm going to go back to this uh, this raid. You mentioned the word raid, mm-hmm. raid, and and I want to think about this because I'm trying to learn and understand. I love to pick things apart and understand the logistics and strategy. So now, the, a raid is different than a karaoke night. Yes. At what point? At what <laughs> point do you go? Okay, we because because you're going to rescue two here, four here, five, one here. But at what point and where do you have a raid? And are these guys armed when they go in? The police are. Okay, so you're partnered with the police, local yes. government. So you're going in, and so you're not going, to, are you going into a karaoke bar? Or are you going into a brothel? What's going on here when you decide it's time to, because at this point of a raid, the, I'm assuming, Scott, that the trust me factor is removed, and you're just going, we're going to go in here and kick some butt and take names. Well, what happens is um, they will meet with the, with the police, and they will set up, um, they will mark money. And so our guys will go in undercover with with little cameras, and they will um, get them on video um, taking the money for sex with the girls. Uh. And that's when the police come in. And what's great about the Operation Goldilocks videos on our on our Facebook page is um, they have the the husband and wife who are selling these kids. They have them on video the bragging about how how smart they are and how the police have been looking for them and trying to capture them for years. I guarantee you those two are not smiling today. Hmm. So we go in, we do, we do the, the, the work where we get the stuff on, on video because that, that pimp has built a relationship with our, our rescue agent and so they're the person that they trust. So we'll mark money. We get we hand them money. Um, we get that on video. And so I mean, we they go into court, and there is a video. No matter what they say, <laughs> there is a video of Hang them. Up. Exactly, there is a video of them selling children for sex. Mm-hmm. So at that point, they're done. Nice. And and they get to spend the rest of their life in a lovely facility. In the Philippines or Thailand, um, so are they these get a lot South, of time to think. Are these Southeast Asia governments hard on sex crime, or are they soft on sex crime? Rest no. their life. Well, no. I'm just I'm trying to understand what's the motivation for such a rampant epidemic in these countries. Well, when they when they get caught, they spend an awful lot of time in jail. Okay. I mean, an awful lot of time in jail. And you American guys who have friends who may think, yeah, it'd be great to go over to uh, Southeast Asia and and um, take part in this. If you get caught, um, they love— You're not coming back, baby. No, no, you are there for the rest of your life. Yeah. Mm. So have fun. I just—this mm. is so far removed from my world. I've never heard of anybody doing—you know what I mean? I just don't—it's not in my world. So this stuff is really intriguing to me on a very demented— 
angry level. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah. We also need- have some questions from our viewers, too, we want to address before we okay, get Okay, so here. those of you guys who are checking this out on Facebook Live, uh, go ahead, Dale. Uh, uh, we do have, I'm going to give you this information, and you can hit it up on Facebook, but a, a gentleman, A.J. Davis, wants you on his uh, show. So are you, you down with that? Uh, Put sure. you on the spot right here. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> A.J. has a... He has, yeah. He, he, he has a show? Yeah. And now and another friend of ours, oh. Eric Fritz, he's in Eastern Oregon. Eric Fritz is a good friend of mine. What's up, Eric? And uh, he says, do you have resources in sex traffic areas in the USA? And he's in Eastern Oregon where there is an issue. Uh, we don't actively work in the United States. And I get that question every time I... Yeah. Um, and and there's, a, there's a reason, there's a couple reasons for that. First of all, our founder is from Australia. Oh and really? Yes. Yes. Where's the home base? Uh, home base in well, our home base, our international home base is in Chiang Rai, Thailand. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, our founder is Australian. A lot of the guys that and girls that work with us are are Aussies and um, and for lack of a better term, Kiwis from New Zealand. Um, so yeah, you hear a lot of really cool accents when you really? go on a trip. Mm. So um, and Tony is from Queensland, and so. That first of all, he's not an American. Secondly, seventy-three percent of all trafficking victims are trafficked in Southeast Asia and the South Pacific. So that I mean, we work where there's no fail-safe for kids. That's a huge it, percentage for such a it, yeah. fairly small region. It, yes, and and I mean, I know I know there's issues in the U.S., but it is a literally a drop in the bucket compared to overseas but but the main thing that we do is we walk through the doors that god opens yeah um i would love to see us someday work in in the united states but um you know every every police station in the united states now has a a, a anti-trafficking unit um one thing we do that i'm really happy about is um if a, a known pedophile is traveling to one of the countries that we work in, oftentimes they will contact us and let us know that there's a guy who, you know, has a, a predilection for, if that's a real word, for um, having sex with 10-year-olds. So our guys will get his flight information. They will, they will um, find out when he's landing, and, and they'll follow him around with hidden cameras, and they'll get him, follow him into a bar, and when he starts getting drunk, asking him questions, you know, what are you doing here? You know, just become their buddy. And and when when they find out, you know, that he's there having sex with kids, when he leaves, they'll before that, they'll ask him, hey, who have you been with? And so they'll get those girls on camera talking about things that he's done. And one of our founder, Tony's great pleasures in life is when the the iron bracelets are slapped on that guy wow that's so i'm going to go back to eric fritz's question to you he talked are there any organizations stateside that he can go to that 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 deals with this uh this horrible evil are there any organizations that you know of um not off the top of my head what i would do if i was him i would contact the um the local Oregon State Police Department, okay, and contact his and just start searching the internet because I'm sure that that there are groups, but I, you know, I I doubt that there are many groups in Eastern Oregon. 
Okay. So, uh, yeah, because in like Eastern Eric. Oregon, they have their own justice. It's the three S's. Exactly. Shoot, shovel, and, and shut, shut up. up. Anyway, <laughs> hey, um, that's, you don't see a lot of that over there because they just deal with it on their own. <laughs> anyway, so, so what's the date of this trip? You, you have a team trip going over to, is it, where did you say, Thailand? Yeah, we are. When is that trip? We are looking at another trip um, August um, of 2019. Okay. And so it, you're you're a year and over a year yeah, away. Yeah, we, okay. we try to give people at least a year. That way they can they can. Fundraise. Is this an Oregon trip you're talking about? Oregon I, based. I hope so. Okay. Um, okay. But it, it, if if there's a guy listening that lives in Montana, hey, we'd love to have you come too. There is. You know, re- there are several over there. Yeah. Yeah. Reach out to me. We we would love to have you, and um, I absolutely guarantee you, and and Dale can attest to this with his own daughter. She um, says hey by the way on Facebook. Hi Haley. Uh, you will, you will come back an absolutely, completely changed person. Yeah. And one of the things that stood out to me was just how quickly and how resilient children are and how quickly Mm. they heal. We met a girl who had only been rescued about three or four days before we, we got there Mm. and you don't, the smile on her face it just brought tears to my eyes. Mm. And you do not see a lot of down kids at our rescue homes. What you see are kids that are just happy. And they're happy because they're loved not for what service they can provide, mm-hmm. but they're loved because they're them. And they're free. And they're free. They're free from this and, horrible and bondage. One of the greatest things that Destiny Rescue does is we allow kids to dream. We've got a girl right now at one of our rescue homes who is an incredible artist. And there is a group that signed a five-year deal with Disney to do animation. And we got her an internship with that company. So, I mean, she is, she is living a dream. She is getting an education um, that is far and above anything that she may have, have ever had an opportunity to do. And so in five or six years, who knows, we may see some of her artwork in a Disney movie. Wow. Well, you know, you made a comment, the freedom to dream. And for me, the difference between an animal and a human is the soul, the imago Dei, the image of God, right? Exactly. It's the image of God that gives us the freedom to dream, to actually, to use your word, to discover our own destiny. No other creature on this planet has an opportunity to discover and unpack and choose their own destiny. And so, except for humans, and that is the freedom we have as being humans made in the image of God. And when you take a young boy or a young girl and you enslave them in this world and you take away, as you said, their freedom to dream... You dehumanize them, and you 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 turn them into an animal by virtue of your violating them and you're enslaving them. And so, what you're doing is you're breathing life and breath, and they're they're getting their soul again. And really, beyond anything else that we have, right, our soul is the one thing that separates us from animals. And so, what you're doing is you're giving them something that. That, that sin is taken away. And so I really, really thank you for that. You are a hero. You are a champion. And uh, hey, I do have one last question because we are out of time, unfortunately. So we've got uh, thousands of guys listening to this show. Mm-hmm. What what can they do? They're, maybe they're fired up like me. What can they do? And they're going, I want to do something about it. 
What can they do to get involved in your organization? What are what, how, point us in the right direction? We have a couple of things. One is they can go to, they can have us come speak at their church. Um, uh, when I get done here, I'm going to speak at a Kiwanis club. Um, reach out to us. You know, we love to come share the story of Destiny Rescue. Um, if we come and speak at your church or your civic group, it doesn't cost you anything, and we don't come beg for money. What we do is we come and we share these incredible stories, and we we tell people how they can get involved, and we just let God do the work. So they can they can go to um, they can reach out to me here. I mean, I would love to come share with your church, youth group, whatever. But um, we also started a program. It's called Rescue Sunday. So if they go to rescuesunday.org, they can, their church can download a bunch of material and um, they can get their church fired up about the opportunity to save a life. The average rescue costs $1,500 and, um, and the average cost per month per child is $420 a month while they're in our care. And so I don't want this all to be about numbers because, it, but it's, it's just a, a reality. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things they can do. If they want to partner with us monthly, they can go to capital R, capital P, 82.org, and they can become a monthly rescue partner. Um, there's all kinds of, just visit our website, reach out to us, um, learn a little about what we do. And we have, we have reps all over the country. Um, here in, in Oregon and in the Northwest, um, if if Eric, you're in in Eastern Oregon, you want me to come share with you? I will come on my own dime. Doesn't cost you a thing, um, and I'll I'll come talk to you, talk to your church. And what I love is when when you go to a church, and sometimes you know, church here in America, it's just they're not all that fired up. <laughs> and you walk out of that church, and that's that. I'm not saying anything bad. Yeah. I'm I'm just. It's a sad reality. Yeah. But you walk out of that church after a presentation, and you've got people galvanized, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. they're excited. So, pastors, if you want a way to to liven up your church and get them behind something, um, call us up. We'd love to come share with you. How, when I, when we come, when we invite you to our church, how much time do you take, typically? I, I'll work with whatever. Um, time that the pastor gives. What would me. you like to have? It, it usually <laughs> takes twenty to thirty. Okay, minutes. so sermon. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. Th- so, that's so, important because our guys are listening and going. Okay, give me a number. Yes. Okay. So pastors, you can take the day off, and uh, and you can sit and listen. And and I, I would like to say one thing before we close, guys. We need you in this battle. Yes. Um, if men stopped paying for sex with children today. This thing would be over in a week, mm-hmm. or even stop looking at porn because that funds it. Yes, yeah, yes. So simply by the clicks. But the sad reality is, when we go do a presentation, it's mostly high school girls and and college and and married women that come up and say, "This is awful. What can I do to help?" Mm. So, guys, we need you in this battle. Well, and because you, you know that's interesting because the women are the ones coming up for help, but the men are the ones rescuing. Yes. I mean, what you said was most of the men are the rescue agents. So right. we need guys to step up against this evil, which guys are, but we need more. And so, exactly. hey, Scott, thank you so much uh, for coming on our show. 
uh, sharing your wisdom, your passion, your heart. I mean, this is just what the doctor ordered. So thanks for being a man in the arena yourself, man. We really appreciate hey, it. Thanks, so, guys. This was great. Yeah, I know. I'm really excited. So, guys, you've been listening to this episode of the Man Card Podcast. Changing your world is the toughest thing you'll ever do. But to get out of the anonymous bleachers at the end of the game, we're going to give you three simple yet very tough steps to help you on your world-changing victory. Number one, enlist. Download our free app. We have messages, blogs, training videos, Bible app, life-changing links to our world and to Covenant Eyes. You can get that on your phone and all your devices. Subscribe to the Man Card Podcast and share it with your friends. Join, and you can join the Men in the Arena closed Facebook forum for men with thousands of men from all over the world. Also, guys, invest. Go to our gear page on the app or website. Invest in our resources. Become the best version of you. Invest in organizations like Destiny Rescue. What is your heart? What is your Popeye moment? Throw your resources at becoming your best version. Guys, you need to rally behind a purpose. You need a cause, and you are wired by your God for mission. So get it done and get in the game. Number three, guys, change your world. Get involved in championing a cause. Get involved in the Great Hunt for God as a team leader. Get involved in Destiny Rescue. Get involved in your church. Get involved in your community. Change your world because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Guys, join us in building an army of men in the arena who are becoming the best version of themselves and changing their world. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Stale is a standing O. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And... This is Dale Culver, and you've been listening to the Man Card Podcast. Has your man card been challenged today? If you hunger to be the best version of you, then join the thousands of men around the country on our closed Facebook forum called The Men in the Arena. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of manhood. Also, make sure you ask about our newest equipping opportunity called The Man Card Weekend with The Men in the Arena. Let us inspire the men of your organization to become the best version of themselves today. And don't forget to purchase a copy of Jim's new book, The Man Card, Five Characteristics Separating Men from Boys. This is the best book out there that defines what a man is and does. In it, Jim combines his master storytelling abilities with his no-holds-barred style, distinguishing between men and boys. Do you want to keep your man card? Then pick up a copy of this life-changing book today. Simply go to the Great Hunt for God app or mancardpodcast.com and pick up a copy today. Thank you for listening to this episode, the Man Card Podcast. This is Dale Culver signing off. Until next time, join our army and become the best version of you. Get in the arena. Let the world feel the full weight of who you are. Grind it out. Be a man. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.